Hi Ventures, welcome back to another episode of the Just Checking In podcast. I'm your host Freddie Cocker and this podcast is brought to you by Vent, a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas and start conversations. In each episode, I check in with a special guest. We have a natter and a chat about all things mental health, as well as anything and everything else they are passionate about. If it helps that person with their mental health, we discuss it. My special guest for today's episode is a very old friend of mine who is a trailblazer himself as he came on the podcast over four years ago. Elliot Pierce came on way back when in the second ever episode and at the time he worked at a place called Mental Health First Aid England, a very important organisation who deliver mental health first aid training to organisations across the UK. I myself went on their two-day training course when I worked at the BBC three years ago and I found it incredibly important and insightful despite all of the previous work I'd done with Vent. Elliot worked his way up to Community Engagement Manager at Mental Health First Aid England before unfortunately being made redundant. He now currently works as Senior Partnerships Manager at Oviva, a company who empower everyone to change their eating and lifestyle related habits for the better, improving their long-term health through personalised support and technology. They partner with the NHS to provide everyone with easy access to the care they need. And in this episode, we discuss the work he does with Oviva, the mental health impact of his redundancy from MHFA, and how he needs to work harder to employ mental health tools in his day-to-day life now he is outside the bubble of the mental health sector. We also talk about how seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, affects his mental health and the importance of routine. We also discuss his love of running and the importance of it for his physical and mental health, the COVID-19 pandemic and how it affected him then and his behaviour now, and his desire to work in the office as often as possible as a result. We finish by having a bit of a reminisce about our friendship, how we met working as instructors at a local summer camp in our area, despite the fact we had a massive amount of mutual friends, the gigs we went to together to see longtime friends of the pod and sadly disbanded band Patuawa, who also provide the theme tune for this podcast, as some of you listeners will know. And we have a chat about where we see ourselves going in the future. So this is how part two of my conversation with the legend that is Elliot Pierce went. It has been a very, very long time, but Elliot Pierce, welcome back to the Just Checking In pod. How are you, mate? I'm very well, Freddie. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, too long, too long. You blazed a trail way back when. Episode two, I think you were. Five years ago. I know, I know. I had A, a listen, and B, a look <laughs> at uh, the picture. And it's like, God, I was uh, fucking useless uh, anyway, uh, wasn't I? I know. And it was like, oh my God, it was years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, does it feel like, does it feel like that long ago? <sighs> yes and no for me. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel yeah. it could have been... A year or so ago, but I just think anything pre-COVID. BC and AC, I call yeah, it. Yeah, oh, 100%. I was just in a very different space work-wise, you know, personal. I think just, yeah, it's mm. just, I completely agree. It feels like it could be long ago. It feels like it could be just yesterday. Just uh, yesterday, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recording it in my mum and dad's house. You came over with Matt's kit. God, I didn't even have my own <laughs> kit back then. And now here we are with these... Fabulous microphones and recorder. This is fantastic. This, uh, thank you for coming to my flat. And I know. Well, I would just say for 
for the listener, I'm very appreciative of the natural lights we've got here. Mm. I think that's a massive, particularly where you are, I think there's just, yeah, a bit of space. The only a- downside is there's a massive tree that the listeners can't see that's just over the fence of where I live and it sheds leaves every year. So my terrace is absolutely filled with leaves every year. So I haven't been bothered to clean it up because it takes about four refuse collection bags to clean them all up. But that's the only downside. I, I can't I can't complain too much. We've got a lot to catch up on, mate. And you were delayed slightly because of the tr- current fuckery of the central line, which yeah, is that's... being the bane of my life that's, right now. That's putting it politely, yeah. I would say. I honestly, it fucked up my sleep last week. I was fucked. Yeah, yeah. Because I was so stressed, like, I've got to wake up an extra 50 minutes early to factor in the time that I get to my station and it's like 10 minute wait. And then I have to change the way I go home because I have to go to the district line to get to my land because if I go to St. Paul's, then no one ever gets off. It's like... Yeah, I'm walking. I'm walking in, which takes about an hour. Wow. But it's much preferable. So if you're getting in at nine, right? Yeah, 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 so you're leaving at eight. But it's, I mean, that's fine. It's mm. like much better. Put a man, pod- it's a whole podcast. Put a podcast. Oh, oh, it's perfect for a I podcast. I hate when you've got a 45 minute and the podcast is yeah. like an hour and yeah, ten. Yeah. Oh, oh, I hate or that. Or a Friday, if I'm in the office on a Friday for whatever reason. Just a new album. Album that's come, oh, out. Album that's come out that quality. day. Stick on an album. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's true. We've got a lot to catch up on, mate. And it's been an eventful four years for both of us. Yes. Almost five years. So without further delay, are you ready to talk all about it and start the show? I am. I am. Let's go. We're going to start your pod, mate, by diving back into your mental health journey. So tell me how you reflect, if you can, on part one all those years ago, what feedback you got, because you were a trailblazer at the time, yes. and the Elliot we meet now. Well, some very good questions there, Fred. I think it's interesting, because I think at the time, it felt like mental health was almost more obvious for me, because I was working for like a mental yes, health Yes, yeah. You were in the bubble. In the bubble, mm. which I think has... Almost as its pros and cons because, mm. for example, I'd have my one-to-ones at work and it was all very, you know... How are you? How are you? Yeah, how are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much of it is genuine? How much of it is, is lip service, you know? Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. I almost feel, talking about mental health then, you almost become a bit of... I was listening back to it. It's almost like almost you feel yourself... You're almost churning out yourself, you know? You really? Feel like, you feel like okay. you know the right things, to, like what you right. should be saying or like what, you know... I feel like now, you know, I'm still working in the health space with different, different kind of health space and yeah Yeah, you're in health space and not well-being which can turn into quackery in a lot of places yes and and now you're and now i'm on the outside i'm still connected to like people who are in the industry or deliver the services and the way people talk on i don't know linkedin or social media you're a bit you're a bit like give over mate give over yeah give over yourself yeah 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 yeah. yeah. mate i'm right against that all the time now yeah i feel like the well-being industry has taken over through silent force the mental health industry almost, and they've become so synergized. I'm like, I'm doing my own thing. Stay away from me. Yep. Some well-being stuff is good. A lot of it is shit, in my opinion. And a lot of it is basic and doesn't need billions and billions lot, of funding yeah. behind it. A lot of it's very much tick box, particularly in the yes. corporate world, I'd say. Yeah. Buzzword, how can yep. we tick it off? We'll get someone to come in and you know do it. And I think that happened very quickly. Very yeah, quickly, yeah. it went from something that everyone was passionate about for a good reason and needed to happen. To a grift. Yeah. That's what I think a lot of it has become now, sadly. And I think to the detriment of mental illness. Because all the conversations I've had that are really nuanced and that I've tried to address stigmas and taboos, a lot of people are on my wavelength, which is great. There's almost a silent majority now, which is sad because so many of those people don't want to say the stuff that I do or interview the people that I do. So like, oh, I don't want to touch that. I'm like, well, what are we doing here then? So again, we've just gone back to mental health as a surface level thing. Okay, cool, great. You do you. In the timeline of your... Four years, 
I want to start by discussing how you left your previous role in Mental Health First Aid England, which you were in at the time when we recorded part one. And Mental Health First Aid England, by the way, for the listeners, does a, a huge amount of positive work. I was Mental Health First Aid trained when I was at the BBC, as I said in the intro, and they still do a lot of really positive work. I say to many people, you know, if you want to increase mental education and how to support in a workplace, just get all your senior managers, Mental Health yep. First Aid trained, all that sort of stuff. So you were made redundant, which is obviously a very difficult time. And I've been made redundant three times. So I know what that's like. How did you feel when it happened? How did it affect your mental health? And how do you feel about it now? Now I feel absolutely fine about yeah. it. I yeah. feel because it, it was a few years ago. But at the time it was tricky because... I remember I, seeing you at the pub, do you remember? When we yeah, were I past, and I was like, You were like, mate, it's been redundant. I was like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. And he's like, oh, I wish I didn't ask. I wish I didn't ask. And it was weird because I think I had just been through... It was like, I think it was about a year or so after the whole furlough experience. Yeah. I remember actually beforehand coming in and they were taking us in one by one. I had a team of about five people and it was, you know, so-and-so was put on furlough, so-and-so, and everyone was being put on furlough mm. and I was just so ready to be put on furlough. And then it was like, like give it to me, just yeah. give it to me. And I was like, oh yeah, Elliot, everyone has been put on furlough, so we need one person to man this team of five for the next. And I was like, oh great. So, <laughs> so, um, so I, I feel like I rode the storm. Which was tough, because I think, you know, it was, I mean, it was, obviously, it, was, it was horrendous for everyone, but I think I was just felt quite isolated. I was put into a wider team. I didn't really know everyone as well. I really found it tough because it was remote. I'm very much a person who likes to be, you know, I'm in the office the most in my current company, like, because mm. I just love being you around people. You space as well, yeah, separation. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's where I get the energy. So I think losing your whole team like that, becoming part of a new wider team where you don't really know anyone, and then as soon as it got back to normal, then it was like, your job's redundant now. And wow. I, I think that's what I found tough is in... You've done you all do, that work. You do the hard slog yeah. and then it's... All right, see you later. Cheers yeah. for that. Touch yeah, half yeah, an hour. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what I found more a kick in the teeth than anything. And it was also, it was just, uh, it was still such a weird time and it was a very weird time to look for jobs and get yourself out there. And the company I'm in mean, now, I remember I was on an interview and my wife, I, just, I think my dad just <laughs> turned off the wrong... <laughs> Turned off the wrong cable downstairs and we cut the Wi-Fi by accident. I was on the so, interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was. You must have been fuming, I was so mate. Raging. I, was like, I can't believe I still got the because I was raging. <laughs> like, I must have still looked red as I came back on the. But it, it, those sort of things and like probably very similar to stuff. You know, I very much the impression I give, I think, is in person and also to get a feel of. The other Who, person. Who's going to yeah. manage you, what the company's like. And just and just also building relationships, you know. I'm very unfiltered at the best of times, you yes. know. Something that you say unfiltered in person is a lot better to say than yes. on message. And also gauging people's reactions and, and yeah. body language and you mm. know, having a feel for how's it going. And yeah, so I think, yeah, I found it tough in terms of doing the time and then just sort of, yeah, that was... And how long were you unemployed after you left? Um, three or four months. Okay, so Maybe given how long you've been in a job, yeah, not brilliant, but not horrendous. Yeah, not horrendous. Not horrendous, to be fair. I think when it goes past four, like I remember when it went past four, the third time I got my done, and I was like, I might just join the army. Yes, I went six. I went six in one of the jobs, and I was like, the interview that I went, I actually eventually got the job. I was like, this has got to work. This has yes. got to work. I can't. I don't know what I'm gonna do if I don't get this job. That yes. sort of vibe. Yeah. yeah. And I think I did actually, I was only in my job straight after for about three months. So okay. I think I probably was a bit like, I need something now. Rather than, you know, when you're at the start, and you probably, I, I can imagine you feel similar. Like at the start, you're thinking, I need this, this, this. And you're like, you've got the exact kind of role, company mm. you need. And then by the end, you're like, oh, you know, that'll probably do. <laughs> <laughs> just give me the money. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll sign the contract, just give me the money. Yeah. 
So you left that job, you went into a new job, and then you left that again to join where you are now? So funnily enough, the company I'm at now, Aviva, I had interviews for, and I could tell they spent a couple of weeks, and then they didn't offer me the job. But okay. I, could tell, I had a feeling like, you know when they say, oh, it was... It was close. But you, so a lot of times, like one question you fall down on or something yeah, like yeah, that. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. A lot of times they're probably just saying because it's easier than, than saying, <laughs> saying you were shit. I don't get face value. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I they, don't believe you. <laughs> I was the closest person to fight with the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, true yeah. candidate. Yeah. I keep getting this bad luck. I keep being runner up. I don't know what it is. Brides, like, <laughs> mate. But um, I took another job and then they actually came back to me a few months later and said, we're actually expanding the team. Would you like to... All that means the other person didn't work out. Yes, yes, yes. We thought it was great, and he, and he or gotta, she was crap. You got to swallow your ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ego. So I'll call you back, and I always use that yeah. future well, come well, crawling back like a ca- bird and its belly, <laughs> delicious. Look how the turntables. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, and I've been there much over two and a half years. Very much enjoying. Still, yeah, still in the health space. It's diabetes, obesity, well, not, but obviously poor mental health. Very prevalent in the obese community or mm. overweight community. I mean, it's... I mean, it's also that, manifestation, yeah. I would say. And also, know. like, I think, yeah, it's stigma attached to weight and stigma attached to... I think it, it's just a whole thing. I think it's... I mean, yeah, and mental health in that population is just... Tends to be really, really poor. Yeah. I want to talk about, before we dive in depth on the work you do with Aviva, which is really great, on redundancy itself. Yes. Because I've been redundant three times, as I said. I've spoken about it with a few lads on the pod and this emasculation angle yes. the shit news disclosure when people are asking about you all the time and it makes you not want to go out because you just get asked how's the job search going and you yeah. go yes yeah, alright I'm going for a few interviews yeah do, do, do. and then like you go through this stage where do I tell people about the interviews because then I've got to tell them if I don't get it how did you deal with it yeah it's a, it's a really good question actually and I think that emasculation point is spot on oh, particularly like, big time you know, mate I went on a date when I was unemployed mate you know how fucking horrendous I felt yeah and like, you don't realise how you feel ashamed yeah I feel like it's similar to in a way, having good health. You know, as soon as you've like got something, you're ill, you're feeling on the way, like that's when you realise good health. And I feel like that's how I feel about employment. And then mm. you realise how often people are asking like, how's work going or how's X going or how, you know. I think that shame thing is definitely spot on and just thinking, am I good enough? I've always felt like I'm somebody who's done, you know, You've always been fairly self-confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Self-confident also done you know, pretty well at school, at university, whatever. And it's just, it, I think it's, it makes you doubt yourself, first, it does. Yeah, yeah. Like first time of, of some form of rejection. rejection. Mm. Yeah. And it's not just plain sailing and you've got to yeah, I don't know what is a better time to deal with it because I had it at the start where yeah. my self-confidence probably wasn't as high. But yeah. then because I had it three times, I was like, well, I can handle anything now. Yeah. Whereas you had the plane sailing fairly okay yeah. for quite a long time. Then when it did hit you, maybe yeah. you're like, fuck, yes. what do I do now? Yes. So I don't know what is better or worse. Yeah, and I think I think I probably found it, I can't speak on other people's behalf, but I think my colleagues, I said I had this same team of five, became just me. They all came back from furlough. And then they were also made redundant. Mm. You know? They probably, you come back for like a month or two, you probably see it coming. Mm. Whereas I thought, oh, I'm all right now. I've done yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> I've done yeah. the job. I've, yeah, I've done the, the shit Zoom calls mm. and the, you know, faffing about when everyone else is reading the garden. I've been here, you know, <laughs> everyone else is catching up with the novels they've been meaning to read all these years. You know, I've done the graph and it's, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a curveball. And I think that emasculation, yeah, particularly, I think like the fake sympathy as well. For mm. people, I think you get like people pretend they it's almost like mental health support. They give the first question, yeah. I'm here if you need me. And then, like, and it's then like they you fuck give, off. You give it, yeah, they give yeah. an answer which they're maybe not expecting. All they want you to say is, yeah, you're... It's for them to feel better, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. And then you say something that maybe isn't going to be exactly what they want to hear. And they're like, oh, well, 
Yeah, what do I do now? Yeah, yeah. My DMs are open. <laughs> Fucking hate that, man. My DMs are open. In that role, like you said, you were living and breathing mental health culture yeah, yeah. and mental health conversations. Obviously, that's a good thing in many respects. But when you left the bubble, you said to me off air that the tools that you had learned, you stopped employing as regularly. Just tell me what you meant by that. It's almost, it's two things. It's one, I think what mental health first aid does more widely, which is really, really strong for me, is just... I was going to say something really corny and I'm not going to say it. I think just like, <laughs> Go on, do it! I was going to say being a better human. But, uh, <laughs> but I think like, Love it. skills like active listening and, yes, and stuff, of course, like being mate. present and you know, like, mm. just that sort of, I think that's sort of stuff that I've, I've let fall by the wayside since and, and it's, it's stuff that you've got to constantly practice it to try and mm. you know, actually engage with someone and it's so easy in the, in the fucking world we live in now to just be an autopilot and yep. you know, like, the rat race, rat yeah. Rat race, you know, everyone's got their own shit and not just to take that moment to, that's one, and also just, yeah, I think just to reflect on I've come back to a place where I'm quite I'm good at it again now, but also just reflecting on what keeps you ticking. And I think for me, where I was before, you know, mental health was probably it's the bigger, thing, this bigger thing. But now I sort of see it as almost maintenance now. Like yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. The stuff I do for my mental health is just like not like gardening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just keeps me ticking by. And yeah, one hundred percent, mate. 100%, yeah. and, and it can be both, right? Yeah, it can yeah. be both. It can be as much about crisis as it can be about your daily maintenance. 100%. And I think that's really important. I think oftentimes that gets enmeshed in really problematic ways in the mental health conversation when it comes to leaving right yeah. so i left the bbc in december 2020 right so i literally went from one frying pan into another large frying pan which was the nhs yes uh, to help out during covid and i was really proud of all of that work but because it was during covid my leaving due was on zoom yeah. which was so fucking shit and i was just like despite the fact that i wanted to leave and i was very glad to be leaving for many reasons joining the bbc was still a massive part of my life and i had so many great memories obviously I had very difficult memories there too but it was such an achievement for me to work there when I had started. I almost felt like, oh, this is a bit crap just to be leaving with a Zoom call. Yes. So did you feel that? Because I imagine you weren't allowed to have a, a proper no, even do either. No, 100%. And I remember one person left so early on in COVID and it was like maybe March or April and it was like, oh, we'll have their leave and do when they got back. And you know, I never saw that person again. It's like wow. someone who was quite close. We actually went to the... Me and a few colleagues from quite good mates, or ex-colleagues from quite good mates, we went to the, the next Christmas party. <laughs> and it was so weird because there was more people who used to work for the company than people. Really? Who so you all got invited back? It was like a bit of a reunion. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like almost like, I think they probably did it as good ball just not expecting people to actually turn up. But we was all thinking, you know, <laughs> fuck it, free, yeah, free, free piss up. So COVID itself, mate, let's talk about that because it started three and a half years ago, three point some, it's close to four years ago now. And we are still feeling the economic consequences of it, yeah. the social consequences yeah. of it. You know, I've spoken on many podcasts about how I, I think I wasn't correct enough when I predicted that it wasn't going to be the roaring 20s like everyone was predicting. <laughs> so how did it affect your mental health personally, not just professionally? Yeah, I think personally, I would say I found the lack of human interaction, human interaction mm. very difficult. Also, I was at back of my parents for the majority of it, and it was you know a bit like I can never live with my dad ever again. Like, <laughs> that's that's probably my, one of my biggest COVID memories is I cannot spend more than four hours with this man. Every day. Like, that's, love uh, you, Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gary, I doubt you're listening, but if you are, you know, do love you, but you know, oh, he, must be intense. Yeah, oh, just, he's a yeah, he's a very yeah particular man. Particular is a really yeah, good way of yeah. putting it. Yeah, very particular. And yeah, we just very probably just, clashed a lot. I imagine we just, we, yeah. we've always clashed, but it's just it's those sort of things where and it, we was at an age where you know about what twenty five ish where I feel like I should be I'm mad now. Yeah, and I should be living, <laughs> and I should be living my own life anyway. And it's just a case of 
it was all of those little you know niggly little, things, little niggly things yeah. just like on dial up to eleven, and it was yeah. just and that's probably what I found. And you didn't have the release valves that's of it. other that's things. It. You had running, but that's about it. Yeah, really. And I actually, I actually only got into running during COVID. Right? Really? Yeah, I and thought you were a runner before that. No, no, no. And I do, I do love it now. But I probably didn't do it at all before then. But it's like I need to get as far oh, away as is legally possible for this man <laughs> for the next half an hour. And then, God, I bet your mum's gonna love this one. <laughs> she'll agree. She'll agree. <laughs> She's been doing it for decades. I don't know she's doing it. Yeah. Do you know what? That's also, it's made me have a lot more respect for my mum for <laughs> living with that man for... No, this is, big up like, Mumsy. Yeah, big up Mumsy. But um, yeah, I think that was tough. But you also said you found it difficult when things got back to normal. Yes. So how did you adjust to that? Explain yeah. that difference for me. Because I found it a little bit difficult. I was like, I need to go. I need to go back. I need, the, I need the gigs. I need everything else. Yeah, I found it difficult in the sense of... I think... It's all kind of now. I think you've almost... Romanticized stuff in terms of how things used to be, and I think still seeing, you know, they never were going to go back to how they were, and I think no. that's what I found difficult. I think I was ready for the world I left behind, you know. Yeah, it yeah. Wasn't that You're ready for BC, yeah, and it weren't yeah, BC. Yeah, it was BC. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. BC. It wasn't BC. And Everyone thought it was going to be BC, and I was like, yeah. it ain't going to be BC, bro. Well, weirdly, I think I said to, I remember in some group chats, people like two weeks in, and I said the world will never ever be the same again nope. and some mates being like chatting Shelly like what are you talking about like <laughs> as soon as it's over we're all just gonna, you know, we're all gonna go there get on a fucking smash everyone's gonna have an orgies yeah 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 I think I was I mean I'd have, I don't think I've got the receipts but I'm sure <laughs> I was I'm sure I was quite a point in terms of saying you know we won't have the 9 to 5 office work we did before and, and all this sort of stuff and I was like and I've kind of gone back to but you know my company for example you have to be in the office once a week for, mm. you know. yeah I'm down I'm up to two now yeah. Which I enjoy because I like that routine. But it's mate, when I was when I first started going back to two days a week in the office, I was fucked on the first day. Yeah. Okay, and I'm like sleeping on the train. Man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's true. I've read somewhere that hybrids are almost more difficult because you're yeah. you're fucking up your routine. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's a disruption almost. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember beforehand, like just absolutely groveling for like a work from home Friday and being like, please can I work from home today? I've got to shoot off straight off the work. I promise I'll work hard. Now it's like, you know, you're in the office on the phone. What the fuck are you doing there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ironically, now you are one of the people in the office in the most. Yes. And you said you don't like being on your own in those sort of interactions. That's definitely the big LEP extrovert side of you. Yes. What are the mental health consequences when you are on your own then? What do you want to avoid? Oh. Because you live with your missus, so you're not on your own there. But it's funny because she has to be in the office three days a week. Monday's one of the days she has to be in. So Monday's almost a day that I struggle. I feel like a pent-up puppy when she comes home, you know, because I haven't seen anyone. Unless I pop into the shops, I haven't seen anyone. Yeah, It's yeah. particularly over these winter months where it's like, you know... Dark at three. It's, yeah, I wake up, you know, unless I go for like a run or something, I won't leave the flat. And then it's like, yeah, it's, same. you wake up mm. and, it's, and it's dark by the time she gets home. I have to like force myself to do some shopping. What do I need? Okay, let's just get out of the flat. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even yeah. if it's 10 oh, mins to yeah. the co-op. Yeah, pop to the... Oh, I'm out. Don't get me started on the co-op because I'm surrounded by co-ops in the... The worst supermarket if you're listening to <laughs> Never going to get a sponsorship from them now. Yeah. We'll add to the list. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, and then she'll come home and I think, almost you find different energies people are on because someone who's been around people all day and someone who hasn't, I'm like, I'm almost like, Ugh. yeah, I think it just really, I feel tired. I feel, I think I feel physical things more where I feel more drained, more like, just like kind of not really, just not really quite myself almost in terms mm. of when I do then see something else I'm just I'm a bit brain foggy and yeah. yeah I surprise myself a little bit because I'm always the big massive fucking extrovert and then when I do have the days in the office obviously I love being around people I never used to feel drained yes. from talking to people every, like all the time but now I'm like get to the first I'm like fucking hell like, yes. I'm, I'm actually fact here yeah 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 <laughs> 
So it's weird. It's weird how your brain... I think living on my own has obviously changed it as well. That gives you introverted qualities yes. because you have to be on your own. Like I have a podcast on literally every single minute of the day because I hate having silence, but that's an autism trait. So there you go. I want to score some points with your new employer now. Okay. So tell me about Aviva, the work it does, the objectives, how it helps people's health and maybe mental health too. Okay. What's our tagline? We help people live healthier, happier lives, I believe is the line. But, uh, okay. no, it's, the it's, comms man is in the building. Yeah, We've got a great comms team as well. Comms team. <laughs> but if, they, if they are looking at the team, I think Freddie's a fantastic <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble, mate, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I love my job. I love my job. <laughs> no, fantastic. The work of Eva do, fundamentally, probably actually commissioned by the NHS to okay. deliver services across 42 integrated care boards across England. So we are commissioned either locally or nationally to deliver services in diabetes and obesity, dietary interventions mostly. Well, and they're linked actually, because if you get too obese, you get type, is it type three diabetes? Type two. Type, type two. two. So it's like yeah. self-induced diabetes. Yes, yeah, 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 type two. Whereas like type one is more like it's something to do with your, I don't know, genetic makeup or yes. whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. James Norton's got type one. There you go. Fun, fun fact. Who's, oh, James Norton is one in one of the Bond contenders. One of the Bond contenders, yes. yes. I don't think you'll get it personally. I wouldn't give it to him. I think, He's almost too Bond. Yes, yeah, a little bit. I think it might go to the double-barreled man who I love, the actor. He was in X-Men, not X-Men. He was Quicksilver in Marvel. Uh, what's his name? Oh, um... He's got the old missus. Yes, he was in Angus Fogg's Perfect Sun. Yes, as a, like, 17-year-old, yeah. <laughs> the listeners Also in Godzilla, yeah. The listeners were I'm going to go... Aaron Taylor Johnson! There it is, there it is. I think he'll get it. My mate made me put 20 quid on someone because he said he heard something. This is like the most... I heard something as well, but I don't think that person will get it now. This is the most tipster thing ever. My friend, like... He's into, well, insider like, trading. He's into like his horse racing. So he's going to be horse racing. And they're like, and they're like, and I was like, here's one for you lads. I'm all like, all right, he's got a horse too. He's like, I've heard rumours. I can't remember saying that. I bought it from the bodyguard. That guy was in. Oh, him. I don't think you'll get it. No, I don't think you'll get it. The tip was about 18 months ago. So it's, oh, really? It's been a slow burn. <laughs> anyway, Aviva, fantastic work. Particularly from a mental health perspective, it's called tier three weight management. So, you know, bariatric surgery. Uh, vaguely. Um, so is that like gastric bands and stuff okay yeah, cool yeah basically so like the stage before that before people have to go for that that's like, like a last resort thing isn't it that's yeah, last, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like the yeah the penultimate resort right <laughs> second to last resort <laughs> second to last resort <laughs> but as part of that you know we've got clinical psychiatric etc so we've got a very big psych team as part of that because living with obesity is a massive I mean the, the mental health oh, and the cost on the NHS is mad I'd imagine the cost of the NHS is insane crazy, crazy. I imagine yeah. and that's almost that's surely like knock-on effects. Like yeah. obesity causes oh. X, causes Y, and then diabetes, those treat diabetes. Diabetes, well. yeah, and like those issues will then yes. be treated. But yeah. the cause is obesity. Yes. yes, and it's almost like I'll have my conversations with you know NHS commissioners, and it's you paint a picture of how stark it is. Really, and it's almost a case. Well, the of, NHS is on its knees right now. And it's, so. Yeah, it's almost a case of like, well, I mean, what, what can we do about it? Mm. <laughs> so it's, yeah, you've got to play the game in terms of thinking about. All right, it's stuck, but what can you actually... Well, and the thing is, mate, when it comes to obesity, as I say many a times on this podcast, you can support people in crisis, you can support people yeah. with their mental health, but the person who is going to get yourself out of the crisis is yourself yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, right? Yeah. And obesity and tackling it is as much about accepting the problem, owning it, and doing something about it. Yeah. And there's not enough people who are doing that. Yeah. Clearly, by what you've said. In yes, the yeah, I mean, should we have a quick pub quiz? Yeah, go on. What percentage of the UK is either overweight or obese? Are we talking Scotland here or just England? No, no, UK. So, yeah, oh, yeah. so Wales, Northern Ireland, I guess. Yeah. Okay. If I'm including Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland here, I'm going to go 
Mm, I'm going to go conservative. I'm going to go 15%. 15? Yeah. 66%. Fuck off! Of the UK's either overweight... 66%? Two and three people either overweight or obese in this country. You're joking. And that's that's like how stark it is. Do you know what I was doing, mate? I was going, well, US must be fucked. So yes. We must be better than them. Only marginally. Are you joking? We're not even that much better what? than US. So then, what, they're like, only, what, 70 then? If we're 66? Yeah, I'm not sure what the newest numbers, but it's not... I remember seeing it a year or so ago, but it's not that much Because, mate, their larges are arse. The thing is... You know what I mean? Their yeah, portions are ginormous. Yeah, I think when they go big, they go big, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. If they go hard, yeah. or don't they go probably, their, their, obese, their obese numbers will be... <laughs> they go hard and stay home. Yeah, their, 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 their obese numbers will be higher than ours, but that's wow, overweight. Okay. So we've got a lot of people... Like, 66% what you call the overweight is mad, yeah, bruv. Yeah. And some areas of the country, you can imagine, like, even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 70s, etc. So, but yeah. And definition of obese is what, for the listeners? Obese is, or you put me to the test now, obese would be 35... Is it all based on BMI? Yeah, BMI. Yeah, it might okay. be 30, actually. But, um, yeah, overweight's 27... No, overweight's 30 and then 27.5 if you're from an ethnic minority community such as That's mad. Do you know why that's mad to me? Is because we have such a problem with eating disorders. Yes. And yet we also have a massive problem with obesity. So it's like both ends of the spectrum yes. are horrendous. Yeah. Because I thought in my head, oh, well, if there's loads, of, if the prominence of eating disorders has gone up, then by definition, maybe that's darkly had a knock-on effect on obesity levels. But no, they're just completely separate. Yes. I mean, we are just in this world of an obstetrician. Yeah. I mean, Pendulum swinging on every oh, issue from oh. left to right, I'm, 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 I'm from left to right. Yeah. I hate it. Literally, like, you, you look at one country and it's like, oh, okay, they're doing all right. And then you go six months later, like Spongebob. A few years later. You had to go too far, didn't you? <laughs> you had, I won't name names, but you had to go too far. So I want to move on to something now, which we touched on back in part one. And I want to have a little bit of an update about it, see yes. how far you've come, which is SAD, oh, for yes. the listeners, Seasonal Affective Disorder. Oh, yes. Tell me how it's affected your mental health in the last three and a half years, Absolutely. mate. Now you can see why I was doing the plug for the natural light. Natural it's light, all, mate. It all comes full circle. <laughs> and that, that, that's also why, you know, when I'm stupid enough not to leave the flat when it's like a mm. winter's day. I think because I'm much more aware of it, I think I am good and I am, I mean, we were, you know, slagging off the central line earlier and it is, <laughs> is the worst thing to ever exist. But that walking to work is also about that really. Mm. Uh, not just about avoiding the train, but also I'll get an hour of daylight before I start work and that just puts me in such a good place. But yeah, it's, it's just something that I have to be conscious of and it, yeah i think it's part of that maintenance admin of just keeping up and just doing things in my day-to-day that are going to allow me not to uh mm. to avoid what would become potential symptoms of sad well it seems from what you're saying here that it can affect your routine right yes and yeah, yeah. when it comes to your routine it's the bulwark against it yeah so when your routine is disrupted does it make your sad worse oh, make your make you more sad uh, yeah no no i mean it's a classic vicious cycle it's like you miss one day and then it's you know you're in the evening you feel like oh, I'm, I'm a piece of shit you know like i'm mm. like i'm I'm, I'm like that with sleep, mate. I was yeah. fucked last week because my sleep pattern was crap and I was like, I've taken painkillers twice this week. What's going on? Because yeah. like, if I wake up bad, I'm like groggy, I'm rough. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly the same. It's like, the thing is, as soon as the sun goes down and like, I've not gone outside and I'm feeling it a bit and it's like, oh, well, it's just, it's the evening now. Like, what am I going to do right now? You know, and mm. like, I'm not going to see that, that little bitch of sun's not going to come out until next... <laughs> that until little bitch. <laughs> I'm not going to see it till tomorrow, am I? So I think that's almost like, and then I get into like, almost like, you know, perpetuating thought in terms of thinking like, you know, and it's just become very self-loathing in that mm. moment and stuff. And then, yeah, it's like the next day, but then it becomes even harder to, I guess it's similar to working out or whatever, you know, as soon as you miss one... Oh, one, mate, I go one, nuts. As soon as you miss yeah. one day, it's like your whole routine's off and then it becomes really difficult to get mm. back into it. So. One of your biggest bulwarks against it then is running, which we spoke yes. earlier in the pod. And surprised me because I thought you were a quite keen runner even when we first met so how has running affected your physical health and also mental health 
physical health. I mean, I think your car is probably better than mine. <laughs> yes, yes. Your hench, she says, Freddie. You know, we should have. We should have. That was not an excuse for you to say that. I was not setting you up for that. Just for the listeners. Off air, we discussed this point of the podcast. You, I dropped the hench bomb. I thought that's what we. Is that why? Is this why this pod happened? I do not have memories of that. <laughs> no, I think the physically, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm in pretty good shape at the moment. Pretty. Yeah, yeah you I can think, nick, man. Yeah, I'm actually not running that much at the moment, but I think running is very key to that, and it's just. I tend not to run with any music or sound. Do you not? Which okay, interesting. I kind of find baffling, but actually weird. You like to get like, in talking, the zone, the flow talking, state. Yeah, talking yeah. about mental health, it's almost, it's the time where it's just processing thoughts and stuff. And it's just when you're looking at your phone or whatever you are doing, like you day to say, it's just, you're almost always, and I really am always on. Yeah, like, same. I struggle to be off. And so it's the time when I can just be off. Yeah, that's why I don't take my gym, my, my gym, I don't take my phone to the gym yeah, and just keep myself yeah, unplugged. Because I know when I get home, like, well, I got updated on. Yes. Like, so I like the having the separation. And yeah. also the middle classes of Hackney are always having fun conversations on the canal. And you wouldn't be able to hear that if you was listening to music. <laughs> oh, you'd run by the canal. You'd run by the canal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One... You can hear what Tabitha's yeah. up to in year four. And you know, why, why, why Beth's being such a little... What Tarquad's doing yes, in, uh, yes, yeah. in, in Haggerston. Yeah. 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 Should we move further north? I don't know, darling. Yeah. Well, <laughs> further north. What's Islington? What's the catchment <laughs> yes, yeah. catch like in Camden? Yeah, well, um, yeah, so that's also fun. And then why was running something that you chose? Because I know you do football. Yes. So... Why was it the one you wanted to prioritise rather than other things? Necessity at the time was because you couldn't do anything else during COVID, so it was just, you can run. I think I do like being in amongst nature, etc. And where I was at the time when I started running back at my parents, they are even no, just by. I've been to your, I've been to your gap, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight into Epping Forest, Connaught Waters. Yep. Just getting, you know, in the forest. Where you're, I'm now, you're, you know, you're close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm now, I can just go to Vicky Park or down the canal. Or so I think getting out to green spaces and and running. Yeah, it's easy as well. It's like mm. you literally put on your shoes and you can just go out the door. There's no barriers to doing it. You know. Have you invested in a good pair of running shoes? I need to get some new ones. Actually, go, really go Vivo, good... mate. Go Vivo. Vivo, Vivo barefoot. Okay. Invest. I'm a Brooks fan at the moment, but it's only because there's a really good running. If, shop. if they are listening, please sponsor this podcast because I will accept your sponsorship money. Yes, Brooks. Okay, because I need a new pair of running shoes, and I bought a pair of gym shoes from Vivo. Yes. They've really helped me with squatting and like those okay. sort of exercises because they're really close to the ground, so it's really oh, good fantastic. on your heels. So I'm going to try and invest in a pair of running shoes because I've had my Nike ones yes. for like ten years. They were yeah. the, they were the first step into getting fit. My running shoes, amazing. There's a really good running shop by Victoria Park. I think it's called like City Run or something. I went in there, and she basically bollocked me for about twenty minutes. Like she bollocked you. She's been like, you don't run in nose, do you? <laughs> you don't. You don't go around running in nose. And then she maybe get, you know, makes you go on the treadmill. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, you have to go on the treadmill. And then she's like, it's like, it's like, it's like they test Homer or the Simpsons. She's got, she's got these cameras out and she makes you try like 10 different pairs of running. You sure you're in a running shop, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, here's a bill for like, you know, £4,000 for like the running, running shop. Four bills. Yeah, yeah. For these, she could have a choice by the end. If you tried on 10 pairs of shoes and she's like, oh, yeah, those are the best ones for you. You can't say no at that point, can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. she knows what she's doing. But she, it's fantastic. So if you're an East London runner, I would recommend okay. trying out. Excellent. I'll keep that in mind when I'm about to purchase my next pair. Yes. Something interesting that we spoke about off air, mate, and before we reflect, it's something that you're still in the process of working through, which is some addictive personality traits oh, yes. you might have. Now, I'm not saying you have addictive personalities. I'm not here to diagnose people on this podcast. So just tell me about this realisation. You mentioned a load of uh, free Coke Zeros that you got given Oof. once that was maybe a trigger for you realising it. Yes, and also, uh, I'm, he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I really like 
Richard Osman. I think he's most people's cup of tea, isn't he? Maybe he's a definition of cup of tea, actually. Yeah, yeah. he's literally maybe, cup of tea. Uh, maybe, he's literally Richard T. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe people just like him. I really like him. I like Richard I Osman. Yeah, so I listened to him on a podcast, I can't remember what the podcast was. It might have even been Desert Island Tisks. He was talking about him with food, and I think I'm very similar. With, I'm quite a skinny man, so you probably wouldn't think it, but if I've got something in my flat, I just know it's there. So like crisp, I don't buy crisp or chocolate or anything because once it's in my flat, I'll just... I'm a little bit like that, but I'm a former fat boy. So I'm like, if I buy the bad food, it's got to get gone quickly. Yes, okay. So maybe different, on different angles. Different angles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. So yeah, once I had this, so the, the Coke Zero stories, I had this uh, uh, Indian takeaway order every now and then. Bungle Beat? <laughs> no, oh, that's very good. Very good. That is very good. If they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> local, local sponsors. <laughs> they weren't too late. You know, Indian takeaways can be late. They may be... 45 minutes later. Right, you were fuming. I was right. I did give him a couple of calls. I'm the sort of person who will give a couple of calls just for an update. <laughs> Even though you know they're going to say the same things five minutes, you know, it's five minutes. Boss, yeah, boss, yeah, where yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, five minutes, yeah, five minutes, my ass. <laughs> Slight snatch. Five minutes, Duckish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You yeah. said five minutes, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, literally. But it turned up late, and not only did they have the uh, table, but as an apology, they brought 24. 24? Coke Zeros, which I thought was excessive. <laughs> They probably, um, they probably just went, what crate have we yeah, got here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, And they were gone within three days. I mean, three or four days I had all of them. Wow. Was just, I was just smashing them. That's like six a day. Oh, no, I was smashing them. I, I do live with my girlfriend. She was, you know, she was helping out. Okay, so she snarfed about three a day. You were snarfing the other three. More five to one, but you know. Yeah, Fucking yeah, hell. Yeah. yeah, they were just there and I was just having them. And I think I've just, yeah, I'm just very much like that. But I think that's almost... When you have those sort of things, and it's not always Coke Zero, it can be more tangible. Well, that is tangible. It can be less tangible thing. And it's when you come off that mm. kick of something, then uh, yeah, do you do feel the the struggle to regress to the to the mean to the mean? Yeah, yeah. You also did a personality test yes. at work, yes, which was split into four categories. Now, the bucket your personality fell into most was woo or winning others over. Yes. How does that manifest in reality then? Yeah, so that was part of a wider bucket, which was. It's called influencing, and it, I think it's basically what us people pleasers try and do. And, you know, I'm even more acutely aware of how much it yes. dictates my life and how much I need to be accepted by others in whatever form. Have it I sent is. you the book I read on people pleasing, which is really good? For I me. need to buy it. I need to buy it. From, okay. And I'm reading a lot more this Let year. Let go now, Karen Casey. I'm reading Brilliant a lot book. more this year. I'm actually on an Osman book. That's how much I love the boy. Oh, one of his Thursday Club books, which you know, nice easy reads. They're about ten words a page because they're so massive and up for. Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, it's great. Three words, three sixty pages in an hour. Love it. I'm so good at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I just finished a book by Darren McGarvey called "The Social Distance Between Us." Amazing book, all about class. And his was like three hundred and sixty pages, but it was dense. Yes. So it's like twenty pages an hour. Yeah. Whereas now I'm reading Patrick Stewart's autobiography and I read 15 pages last night in about 20 minutes. I was like, yes, we're back to it. Keep the balance, guys. I'm really, I'm a big fan of reading balance. I try and go fiction, non-fiction is what I try and do. I normally do non-fiction. I'm non-fiction hard, but I'll do like easy, dense. You're not not a big fiction boy, are you? Not unless I really feel I can learn something from it. So the last fiction book I read was Half of the Yellow Sun by Chimamando and Ngozi Adichie. But other than that, I think the one before that was like maybe The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Yeah, I don't normally tend to read fiction, to be honest. I think we differ in terms of I think you can... It's just a different kind of learning for me. I feel like you can learn from fiction. It's just about... But that's the thing. All the books I read when I was a kid were fiction. Yes. And I loved that. Escapism, all of that. And I would would still give my kids all of that now. But I liked the switch. Back then, you're like cognitively developing through escapism and imagination. Whereas like now, I feel like I'm... 
developing through learning about issues. Yeah. And it's not as much for the podcast as it is about general life. Yes. Sometimes I go, hmm, which issue do I need to prioritise learning about next? And I'm like, oh, do I need to put those two books in the saved items list into the basket? Do I need to keep that one in? Yeah, I'm, I'm really... I'm a little bit autistic, actually, in the way I look at it. That's fantastic. And I can see you've got a great range of yes. books here. Yeah, I would. I can't remember what it was originally. Mate, I love, I love this pod because it's gone absolutely everywhere. It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think in everything, and it's, I think I struggled for it in terms of, uh, I think group chats always come to mind. I feel like oh, I'm, okay. I feel Tell like I'm always present in the group chat and I've always got to be like, I'm that or like I'm involved. Do you mean like the organiser or? Not always the organiser, but just sort of, yeah, active, like a... Active. Like, yeah, I think it's just a case of, I don't know, that's like the acceptance, you know, I'm like, if, I don't know, but maybe I'm... You feel like you're missing out if yeah, you're not in there. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. And I think sometimes like, I even critique myself being like, you know, shut the fuck up, Elliot. Like, no one cares, like, you know, like, you know, have a breather. And yeah, I think it's just all of that and just so much of my self-worth is attributed to how others perceive me. And I think... I probably still don't appreciate how much it is. You've recommended some books, and I think probably the reason I haven't read them is because I reckon if I do, I think I really know how much I do need other people's appreciate. Like, you know, Elliot is so pathetic, man. <laughs> That's what I'm scared of, really. You say that, and you were someone I kind of got in my running order here. I would describe you as like a diplomatic socialite. Like, when we first met, and we'll get to this in our sort of fun topic later in the pod, but like, we met, and you already had like 60 mutual friends with me on yes. Facebook, and... I'd never met you and we went to completely different schools, but we yes. still had in the North East London network so many mutual friends. You think that plays into it? Like that whole, not the character you built, but just your yeah. personality. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think... I also rarely ever heard someone say a bad word about you. Yeah, and I think it's almost the case of do you... I've, I've thought about this, like almost you spread yourself too, too thin. thin. Too thin, yeah. for sure, for sure. And it's like, I was who, a little bit like that. who can I... Really, when the chips are down. Who can, yes. I, who can I really rely on, you know? And a lot of lads don't have a lot of people now, mate. Yeah. That's the loneliness epidemic. There's oh. studies that I can quote very easily about how a growing percentage of men, and it's getting higher, have only like one friend they could call yeah. on a crisis, or two, or yeah. three. Like, the higher it goes, the smaller percentage, and the lower it goes, the higher percentage, which yeah. is really scary. I think loneliness as a... An epidemic. I want to say the word. Yeah, it is an epidemic. epidemic. It is an epidemic. Also, as a health concern, I think. Oh, health, mate, it shaves health. off decades yeah. off your life expectancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I think for, for society, it's an awful thing, etc., etc. So, I'm, yeah, and I think it's so easy for men to be lonely. I think, it, mm. I think it really is. Do you know what I think it is? I think a lot of it is because most of our friendships, I would say, the great ones, are quite low maintenance. Yes. So, the great thing about male friendships is that, look, we haven't seen each other in what, three years? Yeah. And we can just pick it up like yeah. it literally it was yesterday, right? Whereas I think stereotypically, not exclusively, with girls, it has to be a lot more daily, weekly maintenance. It's more but they connect 100 million percent. That's what I envy most about female friendships, yep. by the way. They're all organised as fuck. You only have one lad in the group who's organised. It's normally me. And if no one else does it, you're fucked. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I hate. Yeah, yeah. Lads aren't organised. And I get in trouble. I get in trouble with... with I had to with give him, up on the end. With, with Immy, I get in trouble. You know, my girlfriend, Immy. Because maybe my mate will say, do you fancy a beer tonight? And you're not allowed to just have a beer tonight because originally you was going to just chill in because you didn't have any plans. Mm. That's not how men work, you know? I'm also very organised, so I'm happy to plan things in advance, but most men don't operate like they this, don't. really. They'll be like, oh, I'm free this evening. Do you want to go for a... And then I'm like, like, I've got plans, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not allowed because you didn't say it three weeks ago. Yeah, or like, let's organise this present a month in advance so we get it out of the yeah. way. No one wants to do that. Yeah, yeah. But just me. Yeah, yeah. And I think also, yeah, I think men are just more... That's why we crap at holidays. Yeah. That's why girls, matter if they've got a lad for five years or they've just been seeing him for two months, they will always have the girls' holiday. Yes. 
Lads don't do that. No. That's why it's so rare. When you see a group of lads like out on holiday, you're like, how the, who the, where? Yes. Who's, who's, who's getting married? Yeah, who's getting married? <laughs> and uh, who's the organised one here? Yeah. You can always tell there's only one. Yeah, it's tough. As a fellow people pleaser yes. in recovery, I've obviously been on my own journey to get better for the last eight or nine years. I've read books, built myself confidence, built myself acceptance, which I think is the biggest weapon against other people trying to bring you down yeah. and within yourself. How are you with your self-acceptance? I think it's very tough because I'm, yeah, I'm nowhere near in recovery or getting to the point of really looking into it too much. I work in a very, quite a salesy role. So it works for me professionally to be a people pleaser. And to shove it to the side because you've got the sales person that you you can be. Yeah, yeah. And that's like almost like it it helps me to really dial that up professionally Mm. to be like, you know, trying to, yeah, you said like we had 60 mutual friends. At the moment, it makes sense for me to try and meet new people and like Mm. put this version of myself. So, but I think outside of work, I think I definitely need to do some reading. I was going to say some work there, but then I feel like I'm going to do some homework. Let's right? work through this. We're working. I can see the cogs yeah. wearing. You yeah. want to say it, but there's something that's not something that's clicking. Not, yeah. I just, yeah, I think it needs to be, I keep saying I think. I know. There we go. I know. I need to. Now around the trolley. <laughs> I, I know I need to. That's another Simpsons quote. How many Simpsons quotes do you reckon you do on average PP? Uh, well I don't speak to many people so when someone who's Simpsons involved or expert it all comes out in a massive splurge so like when I'm with my sister I just repeat Burns quotes to her the whole time excellent <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, now you're on the trolley is uh, when they go to the carnival remember yes and he's like what about you move to the whack no I can't go there a fantastic Dan lives there <laughs> did you call me Spud <laughs> Nelson smashes with the whack <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. classic. <laughs> I think it was the best times, it was the blurst of times, it's probably the, the best, best times, the, the blurst of times, yeah. The, most, the best written line that's ever existed for me. I mean, I think that's just... Um... That's your niche, yeah. That's your niche for Simpsons. My niche for Simpsons is random quotes. Who's your top three, actually, out of interest? Simpsons characters. Yeah. Uh, it would be... No particular order. Troy McClure. Great shout. Hank Scorpio, and it would be... Oh, great shout. I think it'd be Homer. I think Homer okay. would be... I think mine is Duffman. <laughs> Duffman is fantastic. Wiggum, Clancy... And I want to say, oh, it's a tough one because Mo's up there. Oh, really? Mo's up for, for quotes, it. mate. For quotes, he's got so many great quotes. I just always think of the shotgun when I think of Mo. Or Not you gotta give me back my floor. My <laughs> customers are walking around the pipes. Hey, next time pay your bills, but I don't want to. I'm gonna go home and watch so much. <laughs> after this now. Who would be the third one? Yeah, Duffman, Wiggum, comic book guys up I'm there. A big, I'm a big snake man as well. Snake. Yeah, yeah. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. on ten. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Uh, so, so, camp is oh, fantastic. so there's so many good ones, man. It has to be a niche one for me. It has to be one like I enjoy. Uta probably is up there. Who's, is that the German? Kid? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uta's probably number three. I'd say. Yeah. Uta, Clancy, Duffman. Uta is fantastic and 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 niche as well. Mm. See, I've managed to diverge conversation. Oh, well, I've loved these tangents. Yeah, I've oh, loved these. Oh, we're tangents. getting a bit too personal. Let's talk about the Simpsons instead, please. <laughs> Oh, you've done it. We were talking about something deep. You've gone to Simpsons. You bastard. You saw the autism trait. You smashed right into it. So you, you don't have to talk about the Simpsons now, do you, Freddie? Oh, for God's sake, man. Okay, let's reflect. Let's reflect because you've done some deep stuff. What has this continued mental health journey in the last 3.9 years taught you about yourself, mate? 3.9 years. It's fantastic. I think it's 3.9. When was the first time we chatted? April 2019 was when I started the pod. Okay, so it would have been... So it might be four. Five? It's five years in April. Bloody Nora. So maybe 4.9 years. Christ. He's not letting go of the point nine. The point nine. Has to, sta- it has to be there. I know that because it's two months until the five year anniversary. Yes. And you were oh the second episode. Fantastic. 
Have you nearly sold out of tickets for your... There's currently, as of time of recording, 13 left, which I doubt there will be by the time this goes out. Okay. So if you are coming... Make sure you buy. Buy. There'll be twelve left by the the ending of recording. Yeah, let's 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 hope so, mate. Let's hope so. (laughs) Just I'm a very routine person, and I think I think I really I never properly thought about routine until probably during COVID or during yeah during COVID yeah because your routine goes (laughs) yeah I lost everything I lost the gigs I lost the pot well I didn't lose the pods well I did lose the pods temporarily and I did two every fucking weekend and (laughs) and here we are. Oh, wow. Yeah. Routine is key. Morning's a key for me, actually, as Ooh, well. yeah. Are you an early worm or an, a night owl, or as I call it, because it's my favourite phrase that I coined, because I am one, a day ferret? I'm the opposite. I'm glad you mentioned day ferret, because I'm not a day ferret. I'm so, bad in the always... mornings, and I hate staying up late at night. Uh, see, I'm... Because uh, people always say you're morning or an evening person, and I'm always like, both, please. But I hate the <laughs> I'm afternoon. like, neither, please. Like, yeah, I'm like, but like, 2pm, you can go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> um, oh, the uh, post-lunch lull. Yeah, oh, I yeah, hate yeah. it. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not... I'm, I'm not a big... Once the day gets going, you know, I'm, I'm, I can give or take it. But the morning, I love. And the evening, I love. But yeah. You day ferrets, you know? I don't know. I'm a day ferret, mate. Yeah, I'm yeah. nine till four. Optimum. What a way to make a living. Mm. But, I mean, so, well, I was quite a sell-up for the day ferrets, would you not say? That's why I love routine. Yeah, yeah. And that's in the morning, and I think I can almost tell, this is maybe a bit melodramatic, but by <laughs> half nine, ten, am I going to have a good day or not because of how I've set myself up for the day. In terms and what of... you did the previous night. Well, yeah, exactly. That's for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. And as a final question, if you could go back and talk to the Elliot who had just been made redundant from MHFA, Oof. or the Elliot who was losing his whole routine at the start of COVID, mm. or the one who just come back, got the new job, but then was also struggling with uh, his dad's Wi-Fi switching off. What would you say to him knowing what you do now? I just feel like very different Elliot's in my head, but I'll try and collect them as one-ish. I think I would just... And maybe it's similar advice to what I'd say to myself now, to be fair. Okay, which is? It's just like, you know... And it was just glib, don't be so hard on yourself, no, you know, like, you know, look, you know, it's like, I think what vanilla track to choose. <laughs> Do you know, Jess Glynn's got more UK number ones than any UK female artist. Wow. For fact. What no, a I random would, fact. What a random fact. I would say, no, I, mean, I would be a bit more, go and do it. I think just get out when, when you can, like, just, I think just. Get out of your own head at, as well yeah, a little bit. Yeah, get out of your own head. Yeah, mm-hmm. stop, stop looking at your fucking phone, you idiot. Like, you know, <laughs> put the devices down, go out for a walk, go out for a run, read Rich Osman, 200 pages in the, 10 minutes, you know. Love it. Makes you feel better. I think for me, it all dies back to being more present and stop losing yourself in bullshit. Whatever nonsense. That is. Yeah, nonsense, yeah. nonsense. I think avoid the nonsense is maybe the advice I'd give. We've talked about your continued mental health journey, mate. We've come to the fun part of the pod, which is a little bit of a reminisce about Elliot and Fred, E and P, L-E-P and F. Take the listeners back 10 years if we can, because I think it was 10 years now, because I'm... 30 in two months and you are a year younger than me right you're a year yes. below also 30 this year but yes a few a few months later yes but you were the older older statesman in your year yes so just take me back and the listeners to a local summer camp we worked at called Barracudas where we met well I mean two two great looking chaps <laughs> Speak for yourself, Jack, mate. Oh, no, it's about me and Jack Fowler from Love Island. Oh, it's, oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. He joined second year, though, didn't he? Or third year? Yes, he wasn't was an OG. Exactly. He was no OG. Do you know, I saw him in a pub a couple of years ago. I saw him in my gym three years ago on Christmas Eve. Yeah. He'd never been in my gym before in my life. I was like, what the hell are you doing here? He's like, come to train, innit? I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> he, he was like, he was famous by this point. I mean, yeah, yeah. Same, I don't even know how famous his people are. <laughs> but famous 
And then like, all he did was ask about me. I didn't ask him anything about him. So, and I was like, oh, the guy. He just wants to talk about me. I can talk about me. That's a great conversation. But yes, Barracudas. I remember when you go to the, the weird... Oh, the training, thing. the training induction and thing. And they're like, what are you happy to do? And I was like, I just want this job. I was just ticking all the boxes. <laughs> and they're like, Elliot, you're going to be our fencing instructor. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I've never done fencing before in my life. And I was like, I'm just ticking boxes, man. Okay. So what they do is they send you on this crash course. Where like yes, day, they did. Same day, for me. Day yeah. one, you just, they teach you how to fence. And then that day two, they teach you how to like teach an hour's instruction to fencing, which is mm. what I did for all those Easter's and summers. But I thought those were... Oh, I enjoyed the those time, times. mate. Good what times. a time! Yeah, what a time! Because sort of just like yeah, it's, it's just fun, wasn't it? And like it was like a bit of a, yeah. And you because I was one of the instructors, so this is what you should have done. Yes. So I t- did archery, quad biking, trampolining yeah. before they got rid of trampolining. So more of the boxes I ticked. I didn't yeah. take those. I didn't take that one. The main one. I didn't take those boxes as well, but I just ticked the box no one else. But you were an instructor, yes. so like because there was hardly any lads. Yes. It was like us three lads and then you. So yeah, we were kind of yeah. all in the same group basically. Oh, mate, it was good times, man. Yeah, it was good times. Really good fun, and like it was, um, yeah, it was just. A it was a great work. first job for me. Yeah, really like proper, pro- like proper job in inverted commas, but like it was a great learning a job. Experience. Where you had to, yeah, 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 yeah. You had yeah. to turn up and do some hours and a yeah. bit of shifting, and then like most of the time it was me putting away the uh, fucking giant water park. That is honestly, day. that is one of I the got gu- I had, I didn't do any gym training. I had guns by the end of it. That is one and of they went quickly because I didn't go yeah. to the gym afterwards. But yeah, that was one of my big memories of you just like piling stuff oh, away when it was soaking wet as well. I couldn't get it dry. Ah, oh, put it onto the fucking trolley to shove yeah. it into the, and every day we had to do that oh hated yeah. it hated it that was the bane of my life that task but everything else was sick what were your uh, first impressions of me oh I honestly thought this guy's like just uh, Duracell fun, bunny probably yeah <laughs> but like no this guy's on my like, wavelength, wavelength. Yeah, like, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get on with this guy and I think because I, I think you might have been there perhaps a like year, uh, below, year before yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, was, I, did th- I did three summers yeah and then I don't think I ever did an Easter actually I'm not sure I can't remember now so I joined uni 2012 and I did that summer so as a yeah. 17 year old slash 18 year old so I did 2012 2013 2014 those are my summers so you must have done 2013 14 15 right I, yeah I did yeah 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 so you you worked with long time friend of the pod my best mate James yes for that final year of 2015 correct 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 yeah and it was good fun I mean it was good fun I mean teaching the same fencing class that must have been long I was buzzing when no one did fencing <laughs> I used to come into the, the rooms like because they, they would decide what they want to do right? yeah, 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 yeah. Fencing or what. and I was like look you kids don't do fencing do <laughs> and, like, and then like if, if they didn't do it I'd just join the activity and yeah, yeah like, that was a great thing yeah, and yeah. I was like because I, like, I was actually really responsible so I was just like you know just muck about like, you know like that mm. was so but no one did fencing it's always been like two wanted to do fencing <laughs> and I said go do it I was like you guys have already done it it's just going to be the same hour we've done before you know, guys will not want to play dodgeball. Come on, man! <laughs> I think my first impression of you was exactly the same. You can get a vibe from someone just yeah, the yeah. first conversation, and then like I was just like, "This guy's on my wavelength." Yeah. Simpsons chat probably came in very yeah, quickly. Very Mutual Northeast London Essex school network chat came in very quickly, and I think we were just quite chill. Yes. Yeah. 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 Low maintenance friendship. That's that's and that's yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. You, I think you want someone and the banter level. I, I think as that's well. actually like unfiltered. Yeah. Our banter was pretty unfiltered as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I think having high energy but also being low maintenance in how you are I think it's yeah. not actually something you, I don't think you get too I think a lot of people who are also quite high energy can often be high maintenance I think it's mm. oh you mean like clingy and those sort of personality yeah, yeah, types yeah, yeah. or like why haven't you not texted me and like I'm like mate I've got, we've got lives to live man yeah. <laughs> I don't care about that I'm like oh good to hear from you man great yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. let's pick it up we were kids with inverted commas proper jobs so what were your favourite memories of that time that we can share without getting cancelled of having those proper jobs yeah of that time the socials Oof. 
Oh, the socials were messy. Right. Very I'm messy. Let's not name some names, by the way. Let's not name some names. Because <laughs> some of them wanted with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think like definitely those early summers when I was one of the younger ones, it was definitely like a bit like you feel semi proper human. But then mm. we would go out and it's like, oh no, we're not we're not really proper humans, are we? You know, we're, no, we're faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, they were great, but they were not great. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, yeah. No, no, it was good fun. Do you know what's funny? I think a lot of them, the people who've done that are like into teaching and stuff. They were all teachers, most of them were. Yeah, because yeah, they wanted well, to get some extra cash. Like, but I always did that and I was like, I'm never going to be a teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm never going to be a teacher. Like, this, is fun. Like, this is fun. Like, but yeah. like, I'm never going to, I don't want to deal with these kids like, like forever. Oh, no way, no yeah. way. Yeah. It was like means to an end and it was a good, mm. like, it was a good foot in the door for like having a bit of experience. And and the cash for your uni year as well. Yeah, like, exactly. like, the, yeah, the yeah, paycheck yeah. at the end of it. Like, I was like, oh, this, is, this lasts me for quite a while when I get into it. It would only be like a week or two over Easter, wouldn't it? But like the Easter one was always like, oh, because you're like, that's an easy bit of cash, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you go back to uni and it's like, happy days. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that was the takeaway in terms of it was good fun, but it was like, yeah, for me, it was never going to be a career. Of and course. Like, people no, do no. it like for like, just like, test awards for teaching and stuff. And mm-hmm. like we also spent a fair few nights out together in our early 20s when I came yes. out with you a lot. And one band that we saw a lot together, RIP, great friends of the pod, Patawawa. Yes. So uh, not only do they supply the podcast theme tune, which some listeners may actually not know, despite the fact that it's been there for the entire time. But they also played the very first Just Checking In Live. And out of the eight times I saw them, you probably saw them three of them? Yeah, I reckon three, yeah. yeah. Do you miss them as much as me? Probably not, probably not. Oh. But I do miss them. And do you know what? I'm really in... They would like fit so well into sort of the niche of music I'm listening to at the moment, which is... Disco. Predominantly, predominantly British... Yeah, British disco, British, yeah. British disco, which yeah. is, I think, like, it's doing quite well. It's doing pretty well. The global but, white boy disco scene, as I call it, is very big yeah. now. Yeah, I think they probably almost came a bit too early. Yes, like, yeah. I think if they went now, they, early they doors, would, I think they'd do really well. 100%. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Look, yeah. look how big Frank Moody are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jungle and people like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I can't remember who it was. But I was listening to someone's, they released an album Friday, and it was a bit disco. Like, I, I think a few of my favourite albums last year were British disco mm-hmm. albums, etc. But, um, yeah, good fun. I was actually at that venue, we saw them. Luna? The day. No, not Luna. Um, oh, uh, Bef- uh, Something Arms. Yes. Uh, no, no, Seabright. Uh, Seabright. Seabright. Yeah, I was, I was seeing, um, oh, I mean, I was always some gang on there. It's like some Dutch. Dutch fusion reggae. Yeah, I was saying, something like that, but yeah. <laughs> but um, I think someone was supporting them one time we saw them, and they're quite doing all right now. Lauren... Hebbard, whatever. Oh, yeah. She's doing okay. She's doing quite big now. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like, you just see someone, like, on a whim. You're not even there to see them, and then they kind of do... They blow up. Yeah. Like you must have that. Who's the act or band or whoever you would say? As in a support act? That you almost saw, like, on a bit of a whim, and then... I've seen them. so many bands at the right at the start, mate. I saw Ed Sheeran when he was at Scala. Yeah. Before that, I'd seen him in the Puma store in Carnaby Street for free. Yeah. Sitting where you are now. Uh, who have I seen that was right at the start they're now big Confidence Man I've seen in pretty small venues they're massive now I fucking love Confidence Man they're amazing I was saying them from day I saw them at Scala and that was a 600 cap venue because I was at uh, Glastonbury last year but they just did a DJ set but like I just wanted them to like play a few more of their tunes you know yeah 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 whenever I say DJ set I'm like eh yeah it really was like eh as well yeah because like Barry can't swim, who I quite like. He, oh, I love Barry can't swim. But he's like supporting, but like he just did a deal. I thought, like, play your own fucking tunes, Barry. Like, <laughs> like you're DJ. Let's like, play. Yeah, play it's your the difference own between stuff, man. live act and DJ. Oh man, you really got to look out for it. Yeah, you've got to be careful because sometimes acts will be like, "We're playing a DJ set." I'm like, "I'm yeah. not going to see that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, Skepta did a DJ set as well. Class which was... oh, so many. I mean, I remember, I remember going to festival 2014, and me and all of my boys, we saw 
all of Boy Better Know on a tiny stage right before the grime wave, like yeah, the, re- yeah, yeah. the resurgence grime wave, yes. took off massively. So I saw like Skepta, Jamie, yeah. Jamma, Maximum, Frisco, shut it down. So people like that as well. I see loads of bands who are really small that are big That's now. That's a good show, actually. All the, all when, like, so I've ever seen like Jay Husson, Skepta, Unifile 5, do you know what I mean? Like before. When you saw Lean and Bop. Yeah, really- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Oh, Jay Huss, man. I love Jay Huss, but. What do you think of his last album? Yeah, not as good as his old. I thought it was good, but it's not one I go back to. No. Do you know what I mean? It's like the old old ones, like there's some summers where I think of, and I think of like Jay Huss summers. For me, his first album's my my favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I saw him live at Brixton Academy. He was okay. Might be some grime artists listening, but I do tend to think grime artists aren't great live. I'm the opposite. I think the MCs are. MCs are great. I think the grime MCs are brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Like Skepta and Jamie, they're brilliant live. But yeah, I do hear that. And I also hear why a lot of the drill artists haven't done loads of live sets yeah. so like, unknown to you I saw he was great but what I hear is like they just don't want to do live and yeah, I was like yeah. okay fair I've enough seen, like, I've seen Dave live and I like, you know it, it, oh how was that yeah, you do realise he's just kind of spoken words you know what I mean like, is it's it just a bit like, oh you know, fair I want to go, go yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Well, uh, yeah I'm also sceptical of no pun intended of some of the big US ones yeah. so like I really wanted to go see Fiddy because he did 20 anniversary of Get Richard Die Trying yes. and then everyone keeps telling me he was, he was doing like medley sets and I'm like right. just Keep the tune on, Fiddy! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of US artists do that because they've got like 50 fucking tracks to do. Yeah, but yeah. instead of just going, right, let's focus on 35, I'm going to do 60 and do all minute and a halves. Yeah. I'm not on it. I saw um, the game at uni. And Why? He, and he pretended to down a bottle of vodka. It was the most lame. It was he pretended to. As in, like, for all the tense persons, yeah. but, but it was so obvious it was just water in there. Yeah, and like, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, probably the most lame thing I've ever seen anyone do. <laughs> do you remember when 50 Cent kicked him off of uh, G yeah. Unit on Live yeah, on Radio? Yeah, yeah. That was mad. 50 cent does not care. I want to talk about life now because yes. four years ago we were in a very different stage of our lives. Yes. We have now become a lot older, hopefully wiser, hopefully healthier, hopefully more cash. Although saying that, I don't know. Where do you see yourself in the next four years? Oh, very good question. I will be. That's a nice manifesting comment statement, isn't it? I will be owning... Even my manifesting isn't too... Go on. Kind of Save your chest. A nice little... In Hackney or somewhere. You know, he's a very he's a very Hackney boy, I'm afraid, pod. <laughs> somewhere. I flirted with the idea of doing something a bit more myself professionally, like in terms of putting myself... What, your own side hustle? I actually don't think it's for me. I actually don't right. think it's for me. I, I thought about it. It's a life only some of us can do, mate. Yeah, yeah. I think the nearest I got was I, I wanted to do... This, Big now, but at the time when I was trying to do it, it wasn't as big. The retro football kits are like... Oh, yeah. Well, classic football shirts are massive yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can really, like, buy one cheap on eBay and then you just flip it. I was into it for a bit, but then I just, I just sacked it off. But I sacked it off when I got more stock in. Right. So I've just got loads of retro football kits in mind. It's rare every night. Like, Any Huddersfield ones? I've got this Firewood one that I love, but, like, you know, like, no Huddersfield ones, I'm afraid. Oh. The UK ones are always a bit more expensive. It's always yeah, the ones true. Where, which, uh, yeah, it's a lot harder to get a, a Huddersfield kit from 1994 than yeah. it is to get a Empoli third kit from 2006. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, a few years' time, I, I, yeah. Do you know what? I'm weird in terms of, not weird, but, like, I don't really, I don't really reflect, it's quite, it's quite nice for me, because I don't really reflect too much. I don't really look forward mm-hmm. to it. I'm quite a present person. That can so, be really good though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I think I think in a few years I don't want to be too different. But I'd like to own a nice space in somewhere which I think has got some nice green areas and mm-hmm. some nice bars, pubs, and restaurants around it. But that's and it's not too it's too much to ask, is it? Maybe it is in today's world. Maybe, Maybe in today's world, mate. Maybe I was going to say. What about yourself? What where did you see seven before you start? Uh, when, when, when will we be sat, sat in your your fresh? Your, your well, I'd like to have kids, but 
I've not even got a brood yet, so... Yes. I think I would like to have kids, actually. I think I, kids is becoming more of a consideration of mine, actually. Mm. I went for a period... Was it last year? Or the year before? I'm losing track of time. I went for a period of quite intense broodiness. Yeah, yeah. Like, crippling. Which I joked about at the time, saying, I'm broody, I've not even got a brood. I've not even got a bruh. But that did affect me quite a lot. I think a factor in that was also because I was interviewing quite a lot of people who were involuntary childless. They were obviously very heartbreaking stories, but I think it was like... I was like, fuck! I need yeah. to... I need to crack on. I need to sort myself out. And I think that didn't help in my general mental health because I was maybe trying to rush things. I wasn't trying to stay present. Yeah. And then obviously when you're looking for things, it's when it doesn't happen. It's yeah. the age old yeah, classic. Yeah. And it's the one thing that's not in my control, which also makes it worse. Yeah. Because normally I'm like, oh, if something's in my control, bang, boom, do it, yeah, take yeah, action. Yeah. But like, it's the one thing that's not controllable in your life, is it? So I think that made me quite bad for a while. But I'm better, I'm better now. I'm in a support group at the moment for lads who've been sexually abused, which has helped me quite a lot. So I'd like to have kids. I'd like to get married. Whether that will happen, I don't know. But I'd like to manifest it, at least. I would like to move to a bigger flat at some point, hopefully with missus, and try and get better every day. Get better every day. That's what I try and do, mate. I don't want to set any more higher objectives than that, really. And, yeah, thanks for sharing that with me. That's right, man. Well, I've shared it before. So. I'm sure. Well, not with my, not, maybe not directly with myself. So that's, yeah, yeah, not, not, not you yet, Yeah, mate. I think that's really fundamentally what I try to do. Is just try and mm. do the basics better every day. If that's work, if that's exercise, whatever it might be, just those little incremental improvements to myself. But I think I'm, I'm with you. I think I would also like to have kids. For me, I find it, well, maybe people don't talk about it as much, but I find like I'm uncommon in saying that now yeah. in our age group, which is weird. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but I definitely get the sense that because of many economic factors, which are justifiably putting people off it, yeah. there's not as many people in our age group who are like, yeah, definitely want kids. Yeah. Even people who have been together for like eight years, like fucking, yeah. I'm like, I almost kind of want to say something like, guys, you've got it sorted. Like, if your cash is in good hands, crack on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not got that, so I've, I can't be like that to myself yet. But I, I, I do think like, come on, guys, like, we need to populate the earth, man. Yes, yeah. The fertility crisis is coming. South yeah. Korea and Japan are fucked. Yes. Like, big time fucked. And Italy is getting there. We're bad, but we're not really bad. Mm. But it's bad, man, across think, the world. Think about those graphs now back in geography at school, you know, with a little... Oh, what do you mean? The bell curve? The old curve, yeah. Yeah. We're post-curve now, we're... Yeah, yeah no, I think... That's the next looming crisis, I would say. Fertility. Fertility, yeah. And it's going to hit people very hard, I think. Because I think there's some weird pseudoscience going around that you can have your first kid at 40. Yeah. And it's easy. It's yeah, like, no, guys. And that's for men, by the way, as well. Our biological clock isn't as prominent, but we have got one. Our sperm count does start to go down from 35. So... It is stuff to think yeah. about for lads as well. Yeah, I know. And then you've got De Niro and Pacino out there pretending it's so easy. Mate, just ruining it for the rest of us. Ruining. Come on, Al. Yeah, come on. Anyway, yeah. should we move on to mental health chat? Let's do it. Our final topic of conversation, Elliot, and it's one I try and have with all of my special guests. It is a general natter and quickfire chat about mental health. Now, I think you may have done this right at the start, but perhaps the section wasn't as developed Okay. back then so I've added a few questions in the four years so I'll ask the same question I asked you the first time yes. which is how is your mental health mate pretty good pretty good generally which Scale is out of 10 out of 10 I'd say ooh, 7.5 like that okay and my next question is what is the best book or as I call it mental health bible you've read for your mental health now it can be Mental health or self-help related doesn't exclusively have to be. Can be fiction. And if you can't think of a book, an album, or a TV show, or any piece of popular culture, oh, do you know what? There is one, but I can't remember the name of it, which is shocking of me. And it's really lame because it's linked to 
money and financial freedom but oh it's it's something it's by some american guy it's i, I maybe i'll look at it but i can just name something else <laughs> but i would also yeah i would say and for me i think financial freedom is actually pretty important and this book which made really simplified finance which i don't think we talk about or i wasn't taught about in school or anywhere oh, really. nothing, and like you know it's, it's it, particularly in england i would say it's quite you know, taboo to ask about like how much you're earning or how much you know money you've got. Or... I've, yeah, it's taboo. I've never found it taboo to yeah, be asked that, but I know, that, I but I know it is, think, it is yeah, a taboo I question. I've actually had yeah. some good financial chats with you before mm. about like savings, but like, it was, it's really simplified saving money and, and following it quite. Um, oh, it's like the simple guide to wealth or something. Okay, like yeah. I think it's it's along those lines. Very simple title and it's a very simple book, but it's really reiterates. Well, like the importance of almost like having a financial routine. Yeah, and like yeah. the importance of yeah of saving money, of like just following quite a standard like you know all world index fund, yeah. which is what I do. And like it just well, that's a Yorkshireman, mate. So I was it was in my genes to, yes. be, to be tight with my money. Wow, well, yeah, so. yeah. I think yeah, saving money is very important. I think it just makes having financial security Accurate just makes everything well. yeah just mm. makes everything else a bit easier. Yeah, I think this is probably my own bias, but I almost place a negative value on people who aren't good with money. Yeah, maybe I go. Oh, you're not good with money. What's going on? Like, you need to sort yourself out. Yeah, I I, I would just be anxious all the time if I'm just not aware of like you know any unpaid bill longer than a week would yeah. cause me to have a mini meltdown. Yeah, but there you go. If there was a mantra in life that summed up your mental health, what would it be and why? Hmm. Phone down, get out. I would say. What do you love about yourself? I do love, and it's probably come back a bit earlier in the pod about maybe going too far into the negativity, but I love, I do love having the confidence of talking to people, mm-hmm. whoever it may be. Quite a friendly person, even in London where nobody likes to be friendly. And I'll still say thanks drive when I get off the bus, you know. Like, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Only on the night bus though. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the code in yes, London. Yeah. And I like being a confident out there person. Mm. And I hope you like that about yourself too as well. But, and I think obviously we've discussed this part. Maybe you can. I'm not get, I've not got asked that question yet, so I've yeah. not had the chance to talk about it. Yeah. Something that I like, really like about yourself as well. Cheers, man. Freddie. Even the things you like about yourself, you've got to keep in check, right? But um, mm. that is something that I do like about myself. Yeah. So I think uh, very little social barriers is something yeah. that I probably have. Yeah. Although I would say that when I do go to places where I don't know anyone, I still have the same maybe general anxiety about oh I don't know anyone in this room I've got to go and talk to people yep. I still have that yeah but once you get drinking me I don't give a fuck yeah and like if I know two people in a room I can just chat to them and I'll just bounce off them and I'll bounce off to other people yep. so yeah and as a final question mate I think I asked you it on the first one what more do you think we have to do to ensure men from all backgrounds all walks of life feel comfortable and safe in opening up about their mental health issues or just their general mental health and this is the caveat I have added in the last four years if they want to do it. Or if they want to do it. Because that's important. It is important. There needs to be, and it's probably individual, mm-hmm. wider society, a pushback to some form of community. And COVID really hasn't helped, but the community of, if it's going down, football to watch Huddersfield or whatever it is, the pub, whatever it may be, but I think it's just... We'll getting, probably lose. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if we lose, it's just getting more and more fractured and COVID definitely hasn't helped. Yes. And I'm talking very much from my experience but what I can see in the world in terms of there needs to be something that gives men the opportunity to talk. If they talk about 
mental health, they talk about whatever it is, just just to talk. And, the release valve. Yeah, release valve. And I've, I personally find that's getting more and more difficult. Unpack so, that, let's go. It shouldn't be something that you just have to think about, but like it's almost like it's such an active choice now. Whereas before, you just go down, you know, the, the working men's club, down to the pub, and you wouldn't mm. have to, like... The loss of men on the You wouldn't have to start a fucking WhatsApp group for a Friday night, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you just, go, you, know, you just go down, and then you'd be able to see... If you had, like, say, six mates down the local, you go down on a Tuesday, two of them are going to be there. Mm. So I think, yeah, somehow building a sense of community or a space where you can just... Do you think it's going to get worse because we've lost quite a lot of men-only spaces? I think it's going to get worse. And there's yeah, not which... a drive, and this is because of many reasons that could be a separate podcast. There hasn't been a drive for me outside of building men's mental health groups, yep. which not everyone wants to go and join. Yeah. It can be deep. You know, I get that. But there hasn't been a drive to create men-only groups. Yeah. And it is that thing, isn't it, where it is always men-only groups. It is almost like it's a, It's almost like it's always put in like a box. It's like, and you're right, men might want to talk about the mental health, but it might not always be the trust mental health group. trust needs to be high, mate. The yeah, trust yeah. needs to be high. Like, my boys that I go to, I don't really talk to them much about my mental because yeah. I support them, but they're the release valve for escapism. Go yeah. to the pub, chat absolute bollocks about yeah. nonsense. That's the release valve yeah. that I use for them. Whereas I might use other people for the release valve. Of, oh, this is a, something that's going on in my life right now that I need to talk about deeply. Any further final thoughts? I don't normally ask this question, but I just thought, fuck no, it. No, no, I just thought I saw Hardfire at the last minute there, a fantastic album, <laughs> Live for the Weekend. That was the first album I ever bought Cooler for me from day dot because mine was I'm sure it was busted year three thousand I'm sure mine. My... Well, the first album I ever got was Hot Fast by the Killers. The second album I ever got was Employment by Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah, and the first time I ever bought was Hard Fire. Okay, Stars CCTV. Wow, fantastic! What a way to end it. Hard Fire. Go listen to Cash Machine after this, or Living for the Weekend. In fact, you can listen to that on any football match priest or yep. post match playlist because they always do play it. Normally to get the crowd out of yeah, the frame. Yeah, yeah. Don't know why they do that. But well, there you go. Normally if it's a win, actually. LEP, it's been an absolute pleasure to see you, mate. Thank you so much for coming back on the Just Checking In podcast and talking to me, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Well, that's all we've got time for on this episode of the Just Checking In pod. I want to say a big thank you to my old mate, Elliot, for being my special guest and for letting me check in with him. I'll sign us off by saying thank you to all the vendors who've tuned in. Remember, if you've liked what you've heard, please give this podcast a share on all the usual social media channels. Tell your friends or work colleagues about it. If you're feeling generous, write us a review and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you like what we're doing at Vent, please consider supporting us by going to our Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash VentsHelpUK. Literally every penny does count and does help us out a lot. Or you can make a one-off donation to our GoFundMe or you can go to our link tree, that's linktr.ee slash venthelpuk to find out more about all the other ways you can financially support Vent. We hope to check in with you again very soon. And remember guys, it is always okay to vent. Vent.